Hey, everyone. This is Arjun. You got Prabha too. And we're excited to talk to you today about uh, the newest, newest Career Proof podcast, episode two, coming live to you from you know, two various domiciles. Um, hey, Prabha, how are you doing today? Hey, Arjun. Doing well. Really excited for our second podcast. Yeah, I think today, you know, as you know, you know, this is very close to the one year COVID anniversary. Um, and I think it was right around this time where, you know, someone told me, you know, you're going to need to move off the bar stool you're sitting at because your this work from home thing might be a bit more permanent. So, you know, went out, got the monitor, got the whole setup. And I know we talked about potentially going back to work soon. Um, but for, you know, from, from I, I think FedEx, where we've announced that we'll be at least some interns will also be there for the summer. So, um, no return to site for us just yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, remote work, even if it's something that may end in the next couple, um, you know, months, um, at the same time, I think there are a lot of companies that are now, you know, realizing that, um, uh, you know, their employees can work remote and be successful. Um, I mean, you know, really in San Francisco, we're seeing this a lot. Um, you know, Dropbox has canceled their lease and is moving, um, you know, a lot of their employees remote. Salesforce is also kind of doing something similar. Um, and so I, I feel like, um, you know, this element of working remote is something that is just going to become more prevalent um, over time. And so it really is a really different working dynamic, right, Arjun? It's not the same as being in the office and seeing people. And so I feel like there's like a different art to being successful in that remote environment. Oh, 100%. I mean, I love what you mentioned about how it's becoming more prevalent and it's a trend we could see in future. I mean, think about how many efficiencies have come out of working remote. You know, look at senior business meetings that usually require a trip across the world and, you know, potentially a week can now be handled in 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that that's the fact that that, that barrier has been broken now, now makes makes doing things like that okay. Uh, yeah. So if, if it can happen at, at any level, you know, we have to get used to being able to take more calls and, you know, and offering remote allows people to you know, work in cities that might be a bit more desirable for them to live in. So it's definitely things that are that are on the horizon. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're able to give give people some good tips on, on how to really ace that experience from, from what we've done right and what we've done wrong. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and let's jump into it. I feel like there's just so much interesting stuff that we can share here. Um, and, you know, um, I think uh, my first tip, at least when it comes to working in a remote environment, whether it's, you know, your first job, a job you've had for a while, an internship, um, I think actually one of the hardest things, and, and this is really also speaking from personal experience, is finding a balance between working and your life. Um, because when your desk is, you know, potentially in your bedroom, um, whether, you know, you're living with someone or, or whatever it is, um, it's easy to just, you know, get out of bed, work. Um, maybe you don't even look outside, you don't realize that the sun is set. And then it's like, Oh, God, like what happened to the whole day? And it can really easily turn to a situation where you're working 12 to 13 hours, because you know, you don't have the natural breaks that come with having a commute, having to get lunch with coworkers, you can't really go anywhere after work. So hopefully, you know, those things change in the near future. Um, and so I think really what's been really helpful for me is um, what I kind of like to call defending your calendar. So you know, blocking out times when, you know, you can go outside and go on a quick walk. 
Um, for me, I like to block four to four thirty every day. Um, and I'll use that to get outside, maybe take my dog, grab a coffee, um, and just like get to soak in the sun, um, and not spend all day at my computer. Um, and so finding ways to kind of schedule in those block times for yourself where you can take a break and get out and make sure that like you have that balance between work and, you know, your life. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, of course, to do that, you've taken the first step, which is set the calendar, right? Like we all have to do that first before we can look at breaking out work and play. I mean, it's part of being very unstructured is, is the startup energy now of going to work is so much lower than getting up, you know, taking a shower, getting dressed, driving. It's you can yeah. out of bed and get on, get on the computer. So you either stay there for a while or, or you'll find that you're you know, not in the same headspace you need to be to be totally effective at work. So yeah. part of that is keeping that calendar um, in place. And even if it's just, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a sign of productivity is moving away from to-do lists um, and more so into that calendar center to say, even if it's not a meeting, you know, block out time to work on it um, to ensure you're staying productive the whole time. Yeah. I love that. Um, I know a lot of people like tend to get a little worried when they're like, oh, like you strut, like you schedule walking time, you schedule lunch time. Am I like over scheduling my life? And like, I, I, I totally hear those people, but I really feel like um, in a world where you don't really have those natural breaks and you're not able to be as intentional about how you're spending your time, it's just such an easy way to keep yourself on track, you know? Um, and I really liked your tip, Arjun, of like even scheduling time for working on certain projects. Um, I can imagine that's also really helpful at the end of the week when you look back and you're like, oh, like that project actually took me, you know, three hours more than I wanted. Um, like maybe there's some learnings there or actually I finished that really quickly. And like, um, you know, you're probably able to get a better sense of how you're splitting your time across your different projects, which I'm sure is really helpful. Yeah, 100%. And I think it all like falls under the theme of like learning about yourself as you go about this, right? So it's like, you know, you might learn, I work on these things very quickly. I'm effective, you know, maybe not right after lunch, but like I get a nice, you know, second wind at the end of the day, or I'm a morning person, or I'm an evening person. It's all yeah. tracking that and then planning your work schedule. Um, yeah. And it's different from being in the office because you don't, you might, if you're, you know, a very extroverted, you know, people's person, you don't get that natural boost of energy that comes around being around coworkers all day. Yeah. I love what you just said because I think a lot of people, um, you know, and, and this happens with us often, right? People come to us and they're like, how do I fix this problem? <laughs> and there are oftentimes things that you can say and do depending on the situation. But I think with remote work in particular, it is really about finding what works for you. Um, and it's realizing that, you know, not everyone's going to be on the same schedule. Um, you know, I was just having a great conversation with a coworker this past week who was, you know, telling me that she was a little worried that she wasn't working enough because she would get, you know, emails from coworkers at maybe midnight or 1 p 1 a.m. Um, and I said to her, I was like, you know, I feel like uh, those people are probably not working a full workday. They're probably using some time to maybe, you know, run some errands, maybe, um, you know, get out and work out. Um, and so they're kind of making up for that time later on in the day when it's easier for them to get back online. Right. Um, and so it's, it's also important, I think, to remember that, like, everyone is sort of tackling these situations in different manners. And, um, you know, whatever works for you is what's most important. But don't feel pressured or stressed out if someone's doing something that you're not doing, um, because everyone's going to be sort of moving at their own pace and figuring out things that work for themselves. Oh, oh, totally. And, you know, on the subject of people who you know, are sending emails late or sending emails early, I mean, it, it's all 
I think through the COVID process, work in general has become more efficient in a lot of ways. You know, we alluded to a lot of things being kind of obviated um, by the use of remote work, but but part of that is that it includes that there, there's fewer pointless meetings, um, so there's more time to get you know actual things done. Sometimes some people need to stay up late uh, and, and get get it and get something done quickly because they were you know doing whatever during the day, visiting the doctor, um, you know, handling errands, things that are much easier to do um, than than visibly leaving the office in front of everybody. Um, yeah, so it's just, just just things to keep in mind, and again, it all falls back under the theme of you know, doing what works for you um, and adjusting to the flexibility that this unique work environment affords us. Yeah, that's so true. I love that. Um, Cool. So uh, I want to share one more tip. Um, I think another thing that comes to mind when I think about the remote experience and, and really how to handle it, I think another thing is just being really intentional um, about uh, checkpoints um, with your coworkers. Um, I can't tell you how many times where, you know, we're working on a project and the days start to blur together and it's like, Oh, have I talked to that person about progress that we've made or do I know um, you know, when, what, what's the status on something, it's, you know, harder to kind of have those quick check-ins, right? Um, and so one way to kind of help um, kind of tackle that is to schedule recurring meetings with the people that you really care about, um, whether it's people that, you know, you directly work with, maybe mentors or people that, you know, you like to stay in touch with. Um, having something just like as a forcing function on the calendar to be like, okay, like this is going to, you know, be our checkpoint. Maybe the time doesn't work and things have to move around, but um, it's really easy, I think, to lose touch with people otherwise, where you you have to sort of try to remember, did you talk to that person and when? Um, so I've really found these sort of like recurring touch points to really help me become more intentional and ensure that I'm, you know, staying connected with those people at work who I really want to. Yeah. And the great thing with recurring nature is that it, it keeps people accountable. Um, you know, it keeps you accountable and keeps the other person accountable to ensure you're getting the deliverables done. I, I had a great conversation with my boss last week. Um, we were talking about, you know, to, to ensure maximum success and productivity. It's not about just asking what, but also when. Uh, mm. Ensuring that these deliverables, there's so many, and because of the, the quarantine, you know, it, it affords people the opportunity to call and, and assign work a lot easier than perhaps before. And it, it, things can get, you know, very overwhelming and things can get left behind, you know, falling through the cracks. It's yeah. making sure you're also being very deliberate to say, I want to get this done and I want to get that done on this date. Um, and here's and kind of reverse engineering from there. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. That is so, so true. Um, I think it, it is that accountability piece that can be tough. Cause you know, like you said, we don't have those five minute check-ins before and after a meeting, or you don't run into someone in the hallway. And so um, finding ways to keep that, I think is just so important. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in general, and this might not be something that a lot of people struggle with, but if you're an intern, say, um, or a new hire just starting in, in a COVID environment, and you haven't met your coworkers, part of the challenge can also be, you know, how do you stay busy? Um, where you feel that there's so many things going on, but you might not know, you know, what are my day-to-day responsibilities? Um, it, it's odd with with the quarantine too, because like this happens in you know, regular internships or when you're starting as a new hire, where they want you to take time and learn, um, and and that's you know very ambiguous, and you don't necessarily know what that, means. Mm-hmm. that typically results in a lot of hours of just kind of sitting around and waiting for things to happen. So, I think it, it uh, allowing for those lines of communication um, 
lets you take charge of that. So if you feel that you don't have enough to do, please volunteer. I mean, especially if you're trying to make impression, um, it can be as simple as telling a coworker, like, let me help you with that spreadsheet or super manual, you know, work just so you can, it'll A, bring you up to speed faster um, and B, you know, help form that relationship. So when they have something that that really does require somebody else and that you might be interested in, um, you're among the first names they call. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I definitely think volunteering and finding ways to make an impact is just so helpful. Um, I mean, I one tip I always try to do is like every person I meet with, I ask them like how I can make their life easier. Mm -hmm. Um, And or at least understanding like the pain points, right? I think that helps you understand like the the dynamics of the person on the team and, and where maybe are some problem areas? um, And where can you have that impact? Um, and what I've always found is that there's always a common thread. Like there'll always be like the same people sort of being like, Hey, like, I feel like this process is really broken or like, I don't really understand why we can't really get this done. And, um, I feel like those are ways that you can kind of, I determine, you know, all right, here's an area for me to help out. Maybe I can take this on and make some change. Um, and so that is also, I think a great way of trying to find those additional areas of impact. Yeah, and you know, one of the great things about just volunteering um, and taking that initiative is is it's such a good thing to put on a resume. Um, yeah, even if it's your full time job, you know, when you're when you're making your resume for the next job or the next promotion you apply for, you you look back and you always look and say, I, I, you always look for something you can say took initiative and. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you don't have that, you're like you're, you're like you're kicking yourself for it. You're like, why didn't I? Um, so even if it's something minor, you never know where it can lead. Um, and it, it always, always looks good because the, the more senior you get in an organization, the, the less depend, you know, the less, um, reliant you are on people pushing work to you and more reliant on saying, okay, I, I've proactively identified this problem, you know, time to fix it. Yeah, I, I really love that. Um, and Arjun, you know, like we've been doing these resume sessions and stuff like that with different people. And one thing that's emerged uh, to us as a trend is people, I think, tend to downplay these like additional projects or like areas of impact that they've done because they feel like it wasn't like a clear fit within their original role or scope. Um, and I I feel like those are really the things that are most interesting and most impactful because it, it taking initiative to solve something is fundamentally as like not necessarily a skill you can teach like you have to have that inner motivation and drive to um you know want to do more want to help more right um and not just be told what to do and so that i feel like is almost like an unwritten skill that a lot of companies look for is like do you have that motivation? Are you willing to sort of step in if that's needed? Um, and that's, I think, really the power of these sort of additional projects is like they just show a concrete example of how you've done that. Yeah, I mean, from the from the company standpoint, it, it's much easier to tell someone, all right, slow down, bring it in than it is like we need you to start doing things now, right? Yeah. Um, no, that, that, that's a big one. I mean, the, the next one that I wanted to talk about is a very remote specific one. Um, but it's always planning for tech to go wrong. You know, probably, I don't know how your experience has been, but I think it's usually <laughs> good for a, a Zoom meeting to not work or something crazy to happen or a meeting ended edited by host, you know, kicks everyone out by accident. Um, so, you know, you don't have to do it for every single meeting, but if it's something really important, one thing I do is if I'm talking to a customer or or you know, a senior executive and it's, it's a big meeting, I make sure I always have a coworker or somebody who's on the call to have the slides on his backup in case my internet's down or 
I'm having trouble connecting. Um, just to, just you know, it, the, the, I think previously, you know, it, it's always frustrating, um, but getting those conversations scheduled is tough in the first place and you want to maximize them. Um, and secondly, you know, it, bad internet is less of an excuse now uh, than it might have been, you know, at, at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, that's so true. I would say, though, I do feel like people are a, like a little bit more understanding because mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's happened to everyone. Like, I feel like everyone I've talked to is at some crazy situation. Um, but I totally agree that like you can never be too prepared in those scenarios, especially when they're critical high impact or you know high importance meetings um and so i really like your tip of like sending the slide deck to someone or maybe even having like a backup method maybe it's like a phone number or something that's included in case um you know anything does go wrong no worse feeling in the world than waiting uh you know on a meeting and the technology doesn't work totally totally you're so right um cool i think maybe we should start wrapping up it's been a fun time um but um, Arjun, any last thoughts or things you want to share? Ooh, this one is like a personal productivity one that I'll, that I'll close it out on. But watch your phone usage. Um, that one is, I think, a huge, huge difference here oh, that yeah. I hadn't realized for the first few months in the quarantine. Because like when you're in a meeting with somebody um, and the topics are kind of drifting and, you know, it, you, maybe you start losing track of what, what people are talking about. Um, you know, you're still, you're in the same room and you're, you're paying attention to them and you can't just whip up your phone and start, you know, check. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you're remote and you're you know off camera or there's enough people in the meeting and there's a screen share going or whatever, you know, you might just take it out and start and stop paying attention for a little bit. Um, or say you have five minutes in between meetings, you might just, you know, completely switch off and watch something on YouTube or whatever. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's, it's really valuable to just track your phone usage um and you're, mm-hmm. as that, that really nice thing where it tells you, you your um your viewing statistics um and sometimes you know the, if i if i have a busy day sometimes i'll keep my phone in a different room uh just yeah. I'm, I'm focused on what i need to be that's a good point i think that's a great one to sort of end on um i think like your tip of keeping your phone in another room is a good one i personally have actually turned off all notifications on my phone except for calling um, and I think that's been really helpful because I used to just like pick up my phone and look at whatever notification mm-hmm. I got. Um, and so uh, that's something I've tried that's definitely helped me. But I, I totally agree. It's easy to get sucked into like the Instagram, Facebook feeds. And and then all of a sudden you're like, well, there goes a decent chunk of time where I could have been productive. Mm-hmm. So that's a great one to end, the, end this podcast on. Um I just want to say thank you to everyone who uh, came out to listen to us. Um, Arjun and I have had a really fun time recording these podcasts and um, we have even more exciting content planned um, over the next couple of weeks. So uh, we hope that you guys find it useful and um, excited to bring more content to you all soon. Thanks everyone.